You're listening to the Prison Poetry Workshop Podcast. I'm Ren Smith. Here we present readings, commentary, recordings, and stories about the little-known and even less understood literary tradition of prison poetry. We arrive at Staten Correctional Facility in the tiny town of Elmore, Alabama. Ten men are huddled around a conference table, notepads and pencils in hand. The room is airy and wood-paneled, with dozens of paintings and photographs lining the walls. They're the portraits of Staten's wardens, going back decades. The men seated at the table are prisoners. A bespectacled prisoner named Ira Smith takes in the Hall of Fame. I know every warden on that wall. I've been locked up just that long. And to me, it looked like every one of them is watching us, seeing what we're doing. <laughs> Still. The men are being haunted by the ghosts of past wardens because they're participating in a poetry workshop offered by the Alabama Prison Arts and Education Project and facilitated by poet Caius Stevens. Caius runs the program which works with nine prisons and offers classes in everything from psychology to art. She founded the organization in 2001 and knows most of the men here pretty well. They're happy to see her. Most workshops are 14 weeks, but this one is just two days. Caius explains to them that since they have a short period of time, they'll analyze and write short poems. The first will be based on the poem, Photograph, by Lucille Clifton. Guy Carter sits up tall in his chair to read it. My grandsons, spinning in their joy. Universe, keep them turning, turning. Black burrs against the window of the world, for they are beautiful, and there is trouble coming, round and round and round. Almost immediately, a lively discussion of the phrase, black blurs against the window of the world, erupts. An older man named Henry Ford pipes in. Your children playing. That, that's where the black blurs against the window of the world, where they are beautiful. Watch children play. It's marvelous. They're free. And then there's trouble coming round and round and round because they're going to grow up. And she realizes this. A slender man in his 40s named A.J. offers a more apocalyptic interpretation. When it said the black birds against the wonder of the world, the wonder of the world is this right here. Destruction, man is destroying the earth. The black blur on it is what these children are going to be facing on the toxins and everything as a grown-up adult. And it says, and there's trouble coming round, round, and round. But Caius interprets the whole thing differently in a way that the three men who offered opinions on the image so far, who happened to be white, hadn't considered. Black blurs suggest the idea that the kids are black. What about this next word? And this is the thing that I think potentially suggests a lot. Against. 
You can tell the men are really considering her words. Let's think about this. This is the power of one word and how one word can potentially change an entire meaning for a poem. If it said black blurs with the window, that's a different meaning. Mm -hmm. yeah. What does against suggest? Conflict. Conflict. Trouble. Trouble. Opposition. Opposition. Outside of. Outside of. Outlier. This is the thing about poetry. It can change before your eyes, even as the text remains fixed. In that way, it's the perfect metaphor for prison, where what might seem anchored is often fluid. We'll get back to that in a moment. For now, an older man everyone calls Sarge pipes up. You know, I came up in the 50s, living in Birmingham, Alabama. You know, uh, when I was growing up, we were carefree and we enjoyed everything, but there were certain things that we could and could not do. We were uh, ostracized from other parts of the, of the city, the town, and the nation. If you didn't catch that, Sarge is referencing the dark history of segregation. The poem's themes now seem more complex, mixing joy with sadness, contentment with terror. Caius notes how this is accomplished in just 27 words. 27 words. We have just had this discussion. Right? So for something to have profound impact, it doesn't have to be Paradise Lost, right? That's an amazing piece of writing. It's extraordinary. But you can also, if you are very wise and conscientious with how you use your words, make a very powerful piece in a very small amount of space. Being able to deliver a powerful idea compactly has particular appeal in a world where prisoners have little control over their schedule. Time, for obvious reasons, is a pertinent subject here. AJ explains how the term free time is a misnomer behind bars. I can't see that because even if you had free time, they come in, count time, catch you rack, shake down, uh, fire drill, run you outside, uh, feeding you first, not having to menu up on what schedule you eat, so it's unpredictable. The way I see it is the most organized, unorganized place in the world is prison system. Outsiders might envision prison as a place with hard and fast protocols. Its wards can see it differently. Everything changes from moment to moment. The youngest of the group by a decade speaks up. Though he's only 26, he's been in prison 11 years. He says there's very little quiet time in prison, making it hard to focus on his poetry. So he has to stay up. It just stuff that just came to my mind, finding time late night in the middle of the night when everybody going to bed. Because trying to do it in the daytime is just impossible. Everybody running around, running past you, bumping the rack, slamming this and doing that. Drives you insane. Calvin is just stymied by the focus the older prisoner poets have. Y'all just incredible to me because to find time to do anything, it takes a lot of dedication and a lot of hard work. Finding time is impossible to me. The workshop, at least, provides a time and place where shakedowns and fire drills, bumping and slamming, aren't issues, allowing the men to work on their craft and relative peace. Caius gives an assignment. With your handy-dandy pen, I want you to write a list of nouns. 
right? 20 nouns. Book, cup, jar, pen. And then in your next column, when you get done with that, verbs. Don't feel like you have to think about this really hard. Just go with what comes. There's some clarification on the role of verbs and nouns. And then, once the words are listed, the men connect words from one column to the other at random. They circle three pairs and then write a short poem about them. Going around the room, it's time to share. Sarge has thought up a poem using the words bird and rendezvous. Uh, Poetic movement, autumn air. Graceful frolic from here to there. Blackbird streaming, screaming, screaming. Soon, it's Calvin's turn. His poem utilizes the words ocean and touch. And though he's one of the younger participants, he uses minimalist language reminiscent of Robert Frost or Langston Hughes. As I sit down on the pier with my feet swinging in the air, I can feel the ocean's touch between my toes, and Lord knows I just want to thank him so why I don't even really know. Though Calvin read that quickly, there's an aching and lyrical ponderousness to the poem, one that calls to mind his yearning for a little peace and quiet. As I sit down on the pier with my feet swinging in the air, I can feel the ocean's touch between my toes. And Lord knows, I just want to thank him so. Why? I don't even really know. The next day at Staten, the men arrive with poems they've written the night before. They read them around the table, and the men compliment each other, but also provide some honest feedback. Jason, a small, middle-aged man, looks like the cat who ate the canary. He's sure he's crafted something powerful. Uh, this is titled Fractures. You want to play tiptoe hide-and-seek? Shh. Don't forget, we can't wake up Daddy. You only have one teddy bear left. The room goes silent a second. That's one of those poems that I call a punch to the stomach um, that I think works very well. I think you could pull a few more words out and make the fist a little bit tighter. Prisoner Ira Smith uses a finger to nudge up his circular glasses, looking inquisitive. I was riding along with him till he got to the point that's only one teddy bear lost. What does the teddy bear have to do with the point? Well, more to the point, what does the teddy bear symbolize? A.J. Fame chimes in. I mean, to me, it is, is uh, uh, being beaten by your daddy as a child and having to sneak to play hide-and-go-seek and all. And he's done taking the teddy bears and you're done down to one. I mean, me personally, I come from an abusive family. That's why I ain't, I mean, that was, that was creepy. I mean, that was real creepy. But now it's a good poem. I mean, it's all reality. The title is what sets the, the entryway to really understanding what's going on. Calvin Green, the 26-year-old from Mobile, reads a poem that earns an unflattering reaction from the group. The writers suspect Calvin phoned it in, and Calvin pretty much confesses as much. I just didn't know which way to go. I was half sleep and half woke, and I was thinking about my mama because she's in the hospital right now. So it's kind of, you know, she got multiple sclerosis, and it's kind of messing with my head right now. So you got to excuse me if 
Right. Running from back and forth in my mind trying to figure out how can I express myself when it comes to this feeling that I'm having right now. So you're ready to go see your mom. I know all she got. Everybody else gone, moved on. They don't even come see her. Always that shadow right behind me following me. Right. Never letting me get too far away from me. Just as your shadow follows you, my mom always followed me and make sure I will. All make those sure things that you are saying are completely pertinent to be in that poem. Before the workshop ends, Tyus suggests Calvin take on a mentor. She also steers him toward her mantra, write what is true. So my suggestion for revision would be to flip the page and write all the things you just said. And then give it to one of these guys to read. Everyone in the room seems fired up. During a break, Calvin jots down a new poem and brings it to AJ and Ira to review. It's been a good day. Good job. Get nice discussion. This is how this is how we talk about. This is how we talk about poems. I'm Ren Smith. We'll be back next week with more prison poetry. To find out how you can lend your voice to our poetry archive, go to prisonpoetryworkshop.org.